Listener Production. Hi, this is Paul McIntyre. Welcome to the MI3 Audio Edition. I've been a business journalist for 25 years covering the marketing, media, agency and tech sectors. In this series, we talk to industry leaders about the global and local developments that you need to be across this week. This audio edition is created in conjunction with partners as part of our Market Voice series. Creative is talked about a lot by everyone in the market, including marketers, but we, and MI3 is as guilty as anyone, don't give it as much conversational fuel as we should. This chat is all about creativity and the big opportunities and brand case studies in Australia and around the world on what's firing in our home. From Jetstar to Twitter, Nike and Coca-Cola, there's some very impressive work being done, but it's mostly in small pockets. CMO Neil Ackland and his team at O-Media are on a mission to change all that, particularly when O's work with analytics partners shows creative drives nearly 50% of the effectiveness of an out-of-home campaign. So what is different about creativity and out-of-home and what does good look like today? Neil's on the mics to unpack some of his global and local learnings and talk through a new creative studio called Polly to propel creative standards in Australia. So welcome, Neil Lackland. Good to catch up. It's been a while. Let's start with this state of play I talked about for creative and out of home locally and globally. There is still a bit of a lag, I think, in how the format has been used for creative executions. Is that right? Is that sort of the frustrations or the opportunities, if you like, that sits before you at the moment? Firstly, thanks for having me, Paul. It's good to see you again. It's good to be here. Yes. Look, it's a really interesting time, I guess, for out of home in Australia and New Zealand. It feels like we've come out of a period of obvious challenges for reasons we all are all very aware of and been sort of moving back into a growth mindset. And when you think about Crave in our home, you look at what's been happening globally, there's there is quite a lot of innovation happening in the space. But we you know, as the leading out of home company in Australia and New Zealand, we really feel like we've we've got permission, and I guess we have to take a stance on leading brands on the Crave. You could say a bit of responsibility, couldn't you, Neil? You've got a bit of a responsibility, a responsibility as market leader. We have to show brands through action essentially how to deliver great out of home Crave, and and so I think what we've been trying to do is really trying to harness this moment as we're coming out of the last few years and and show through action how we can get out there and and really stimulate the market around the creative opportunities that exist within our home. And I think it's if you think about some of the overseas examples and some of the things that we're looking to do here, I think there's some really interesting things going on around the use of different technologies, whether that's things like QR codes or 3D animation. There's so much stuff has been done with location data and and, um, full motion and yeah, and the list goes on. There really is, for a creative, it's kind of like a kid in a candy store in terms of all the things that you can use that are available to you. But what we've really noticed is that there's a lag. There's a difference between, I guess, what is available that creatives can use and then what's actually coming through the pipeline. So when we when we look at our data, for example, there's just a massive missed opportunity. So to use Omedia as an example, we've got 9,500 digital locations across Australia and New Zealand and 90% of them are approved for full motion creative. So as an advertiser, you can deliver full motion, um, you can deliver video, but when you look at it, only 10% of the creative that comes through actually uses video and only 30% is using animation. So mm-hmm. of all those campaigns, you can imagine the thousands of campaigns that we're running every year, just a small percentage of those are using the full breadth of, of tools available. 
And the reality is that, you know, there's studies out there overseas. Um, Ocean Outdoor recently did a study that shows that full motion delivers two and a half times more memory encoding and emotional intensity mm. than just a static ad. So to me, I just go, that is a big opportunity. It's a big hairy opportunity, opportunity, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, and, it, yeah. and, and I, think, I think it's really exciting because, yeah, when we go and talk to creatives and we're going out to creative agencies and talking to creative partners, there's no um, sort of gap around sort of love for the medium. They, they all really love the iPhone medium. They see it as a really great space to sort of to really refine their message. And, you know, there's nothing... I think as a creative, you know, if you put your creative hat on, the art of being able to distill down a message from, you know, everything your brand is trying to say, what it stands for, its essence, into one piece of creative that someone is going to view for three to five seconds and be able to pass that message on is the ultimate refinement of creativity to me. That is like the distillation of of the creative challenge. And, and I think a lot of creatives really want to embrace that. But when you look at I think the education lag and just the lag that there is around the capability, I think there's an opportunity to really elevate the creative, which in turn... Well, I was going to ask, Neil, I just wonder, really, I mean, it, it does sort of beg the question, if the receptivity is there from the creative community and creative agencies, what is the block? Why are we not seeing the take-up of full motion, for example, or some of the other technologies and executions applications you can use? Where does the disconnect happen Look, I think there's a bunch of reasons why there's there's been a bit of disconnect, and it's definitely heading in the right direction. But I think, you know, part of what we're trying to do by launching Poly is trying to address this this very head on, and um, actually going out and talking to creative agencies and, and running workshops and training sessions with them to sort of lift their skills and their knowledge and their IP around what's available in the medium and how to use it. That's a big piece. I think education mm. is is really really key. I will make a note there too, mate, because it's. I mean, I would argue. With some exceptions, most traditional media owners engage media agencies and not the creative agencies. More well, there's a skew that way, so it's a good move that this is you know educating the creative community from a media owner is really important. It doesn't happen enough, I don't think. Yeah, and if you look at how you know, most media businesses have been set up, they're traditionally working with media agencies and trading on a day-to-day level, and and they've got big sales teams set up to go and engage with media agencies. But if you look a bit further up the funnel, of creative agencies where, you know, the crystallization of the idea is happening and then that then informs the media brief. If you're not educating those creative agencies on what the creative possibilities are and what tools are available, then I think you're really missing a trick. So what we're trying to do is actually go out, evangelize the medium, uh, inspire creatives, educate them to understand what's possible because we know that when we do that, it will stimulate more creativity and bring more ideas into our homes so that when they hit the media agency, they've already got a really good idea of what they want to do within the medium. So it's, education is a big part of it. It's mm. really huge. I also think it's um, it comes down to clients um, having the appetite. You know, I think there is an investment of time and, and resource and money required to um, sort of tap into the the capabilities that's offered by Digital Elf Home and, and how to really bring that to life. And I, I think that's been a little bit of a blocker. But what we've really started to see is that with the rollout of digital and the digitization of our home, I think it's starting to reach a tipping point now where there right. is enough scale in the market to really warrant the effort and to really deliver the return on investment. So I think... Well, two and a half times impact, though, is a fairly robust sort of stat to be a motivator to do something, though. It's a big increase. Yeah, it's a big increase and a big opportunity. And I think there's definitely 
some momentum heading in that direction. So I think we we're here to sort of stimulate that momentum more and and provide mm. that flash of inspiration and bring the expertise into the room to try and stimulate better ideas and better campaigns that are coming into our home. Well, we're shortly going to get to what good looks like here and globally, Neil. But just as an aside, an interesting question for you is that, you know, you spent most of your career in, in publishing and you've come across to out of home in a CMO role. What have you observed? What are you bringing with you from a publishing career and, and experience to out of home? What have you seen that's either opportunities or things to break down? Yeah, look, it's been a really interesting transition and, and there are some similarities and then there's some things that are, you know, pretty wildly different about it. I think the thing for me was, you know, that my career in publishing was it was a high growth industry and high growth sector and and there was it was really evolving and, and changing rapidly around us and we rode that wave really, really well. Well, it was a digital pure play publishing yes. um, role, which is why we're talking about high growth. Some publishing ain't high growth, but in the area you were, it was. Yeah. It was. It was for the period we were there. And, um, yeah, and you know, right. now looking at Out of Home, I, I see similarities in terms of the digitization of Out of Home, you know, and what's happening within the space now has a, not a lot of analogies to what happened in, in digital publishing. So I think there's a lot of skills and learnings that you can come across and transfer from that. I also think creatively, there are similarities, you know, how you capture someone's attention when they're scrolling for a feed on social media, mm. or how do you get them to stop on a piece of digital advertising and what happens in the first second and the first three seconds and what are those principles? How do you simplify the message? I think we've been able to carry a lot of those um, learnings across into our home as well. And I think even just in like really simply in terms of the formats, you know, if you're looking at, you know, our formats in street furniture and retail, they really are quite similar to a mobile phone right. screen, right? And so there, there's learnings that can be carried across there. And I think we've been able to do that quite well. But to me, I think the other the other big things that have happened in all the big learnings that have happened in digital around things like programmatic, I think can inform your knowledge and how to approach programmatic in our home. So the, there are mm. a lot of similarities, but there are also a lot of differences and a lot of learnings. And it's there's so much nuance in our home. Every single location is slightly different. It requires a lot of expertise and and time to really understand the medium. And you know, I've been I'm still learning. I've been in this CMO role now for a couple of years, and and it's a just constant learning, constant growing, and and that's exciting as well. So to me, it feels good to be in what I really strongly believe is going to be a high growth area over the next five to ten years. I just I feel like we're all of these these areas that we're talking about today in Alfheim, I think, are very nascent. It's very early. Mm. And mm. once we we start to push some of these new opportunities into market and, and they become widely embraced locally and globally, I think we're going to see an incredible period of innovation in the medium, investment into the medium. Um, and I think it's it's exciting to be part of something in media other than... Well, it's interesting you talk about all that because... One of the podcasts we did recently with a guy called John James, who was a, quote, growth hacker out of Australian, went to Silicon Valley and did growth hacking, which is essentially Silicon Valley's alternative to marketing because marketing's not cool, but growth hacking is. <laughs> but he was saying then a lot of the startups are working on a growth hacking playbook that's now five years old and they're dead. What he's seeing is a lot of startups, for instance, are back in looking at it out of home when they're trying to get fast awareness and consideration and feeling big about it. Outer Homes are, is a first stop for even the startup. So it's no longer under the radar, cool subdiffuse. It's literally using platforms and channels like Out of Home to drive fast 
reach awareness and consideration. So it's an interesting thing, even for the startups who are, you know, all about innovation, right? Yeah. And I think putting location into the mix is really, really interesting. It changes everything as far as I'm concerned. And, you know, even creatively, when you start thinking about specific locations and how you can respond to them and how you can use data cues and how you can use different dynamic elements to really bring that to life. And that's something that is really different. You know, I think there was an abundance of supply in, in digital publishing. It was almost endless amount of inventory mm. and advertising inventory. And just as digital publishing became, the barriers of entry came down, more and more publishers entered the space. It was just it was just never-ending competition everywhere you looked. Alfheim's mm. are very different. There's a small group. Finite supply. There's yeah. a limited supply and there's a very small group of operators that have have the market there. And so the dynamics of that are very, very different. And I think that's interesting. Mm. An interesting change as well is that the barriers to entry to scale are a lot harder to overcome. And I think that's, um, you know, we're seeing that mm. as a real strength of, of what we can do in terms of rolling out a lot of these new opportunities, but doing it at scale and being able to really test and learn around them along the way. Well, let's, shall we talk some creative, maybe? That's probably a good idea. So globally, just what are you seeing? What are some of the standout creative examples when you talk about these North Star sort of ambitions? What does that look like globally that you see that is a brilliant piece of work or it's an, an effective, impactful piece of work and it has a knock-on? Because you also talk about having knock-on beyond the channel of out of home. Yeah, and I think, you know, if you take the channel off the table and you just think about what is a really good ad, and I think, you know, to me it's, it's going to be a piece of work that gets talked about or gets shared or gets or creates a, a narrative and creates conversation and stimulates, you know, people's minds and, and gets them talking and thinking. And the bit that I find really interesting globally is probably that intersection of where a piece of Alf Home Creative crosses over with a moment in culture or crosses over with another medium. A couple of examples. So one is a campaign from Twitter. It was called Manifestation. They ran just around the Super Bowl a few months back. And they they took what was just a really simple idea. They went back and looked at, you know, famous celebrities who were on Twitter. The example I used was the singer Demi Lovato. And they found a tweet from her in 2006 or something saying, I'm going to sing the national anthem of the Super Bowl one day. You just watch. You just watch. That's the ad, right? And so they've they've gone around and found these great celebrities who are manifesting their future on Twitter, and they're using Twitter as a place to put their their dream and their vision out there. And then they've gone back and said, "Look where they are now." And now, what's interesting about that, I think, is great idea, great campaign. They could have easily just run that on digital. They could have put it on Twitter, and it probably would have been mm. really, really successful. But what they did was they, they took over, you know, areas like Times Square and and big assets in, in major cities around the US and they turned it into an outdoor campaign and then they shot the outdoor and then they put that on social. And the uplift from that was just huge. And there's something just about the physicality of our home that just makes it feel like it's really arrived. It's quite hard to put your finger on, but if you think about any musician or artist or a new movie that's coming out, they're often sharing the billboard announcing their new record or or that to, there's something about the real world appearance of the work that makes it feel more legitimate it sort of brings it to life in a way that can't be done digitally and that campaign's really interesting so you know it really took off on social and i think it blurs the line so you know is it mm. is it out of home or is it social content and and i think it's both 
But I think that's really interesting. And the, the second example also played on the lines there was um, for Nike for Air Max Day. And it was a, a piece of Crave that came out of Japan using a 3D anamorphic screen, which is, you know, if you haven't seen it, it's essentially the Crave's jumping out of the screen and animating and moving. And, and it's just the most incredible Crave. If you haven't seen it, go and search it I have, it and you keep wanting to watch it, right? You just you just yeah. keep watching it in a loop because it's like, whoa, that's impactful. Yeah, and, and again, the thing I like about that is, sure, they played it at Shinjuku Station in Tokyo. So there's probably... Across the course of a week, I don't know, a couple of million people have gone past that and undoubtedly would have stopped and looked up and gone, wow, that's amazing. But what Nike did was they shot it as a piece of content and then they put the content online. And in the first week, that video had 60 million views online. So so the the out-of-home creative became a piece of content that then went viral on social. So it's transcended Mm. its kind of location and become something that that can travel and start those conversations. And I think that intersection, you know, if you talk about what we're trying to do with Polly, it's about understanding the world of how things are shared and what content works on social, but also what works in our home and how can we bring some of those things together for advertisers mm-hmm. and, and what are some of the ways that we can blur the lines and, you know, test and learn between the different mediums of digital and our home. And I think that's very exciting and also very early. It's very early on. Yeah, and some good thinking there. And before we get to, because I think you've got some Australian examples, some standouts as well, but before we get to that, you, we were talking earlier and you talked about, uh, I think you'd just come back from, you've come back from the UK or maybe you have, but you're sort of observing the difference in tone and messaging between what the UK is doing now versus where Australia is at. And you just got to get the sense that, that we might be six months behind and we might Australia might be a little bit introspective versus what the UK is doing. It's a bit more outward and forward looking. Just unpack that a little bit. Yeah, so I'm lucky enough to go back to the UK in spring and it was just blindingly obvious that there's a difference in mindset there at the moment. And I think, you know, if you think about the last couple of years, we've been through some profound shifts in behaviour and mindset. We've gone from, you know, being from seeing the world and travelling and doing it, having ultimate freedom to being, you know, forced to be quite introspective. And our primary concerns sort of shifted towards things like health and family and security. And it was, it was all very you know, inside our little bubble, our worlds, they got a lot smaller. And I think our field of view and our perspective became narrower. And what was really interesting going to the UK was just seeing how that field of view has suddenly opened up. And just that the raw energy and the the vibe that came back from the place was just astonishing. And and I feel like we're at the, just at the point where that's about to happen here in Australia. And, and I, I sort of, you know, I said, things are looking up. And I think they really are starting to look up. And I think that shift, you know, as quickly as we became introspective and were forced into that, I think we can come out of it just as quickly. And I think that's right. a really exciting time for all of Australia. Mm. And on that, let's talk about what the uh, the standouts in Australia are. What have you seen? So, you know, there is some good examples, not enough of them. We talked about it being pockets, but there is some good stuff being done. Yeah, there's a couple of examples that predated what we're doing with Polly. So, you know, we've been involved in these, but um, not as Polly. But they're really interesting. The first one was about 10 months ago, and it was a campaign for Jetstar called Catch a Plane. It's a really interesting example of using the medium in a different way. So Jetstar had their their birthday event coming up, and they wanted to create as much PR and noise around their birthday event as possible. And it was just that bit in between the lockdowns when there was a chance to fly again. Right. 
what the campaign was as we we took over uh, Flinders Street and Central Station in Sydney and Melbourne, and we did a full station takeover of all the digital assets. Right. And we had Jetstar planes flying through the station, and they all had QR codes on the underside of the mm. plane. And if you were the first person to capture the QR code, you unlocked a prize. It might be a free flight or a voucher for Jetstar. And then they just PR'd it really, really well. We had Channel 7 News down there in the morning. And, you know, we went down there that day, you know, seeing hundreds and hundreds of people running around the train station with their phone in there and trying to capture these QR codes mm. was quite something, I got to tell you. It was pretty unusual. And if you think about that, QR codes even two or three years ago. Oh, no, know. It would right, never yeah. have happened. And, and here we are. We've got a really incredible user case for the medium and they, as a result of that, they got 562 pieces of coverage over three days, uh, reaching over 6 million people just in the PR coverage. Mm. And that, to me, was, again, just another thing where it's like blurring the lines. Is this PR or is this Alf Home? Is this digital? Is this Alf Home? Does mm. it really matter? But to me, it was just a great example of how you can use the medium, create interactivity, create measurability around it. But just on that, Neil, because I also think there was, you know, it's a really good example too. I think you mentioned that the creative team or whichever team on client side or agency side weren't sure they could do this. So there was almost an approach as a bespoke conversation to go, we don't know if we can we, and it went from there. Is that right? Yeah, and I think that's, you know, the the agency behind that was Thinkabell, the creative agency, and they right. they contacted us and and sort of said, we've got, we've got an idea here, but just, you know, can we actually bring this to life in our home? How would it work? You know, what are the variables? And and we've managed to get into that with them and really sort of unpack it and come back with a solution. And I think that's a good example, essentially, of what we're trying to do with Polly. It's how do we collaborate with Craves to help them to just nail the idea? It might be 80% there and the, or the, they could be even 20% there, but how do you just unlock that last piece of the puzzle to make it really work? There's so many great ideas mm. that never see the light of day because you miss that last link or you can't quite join the dots. And um, that's what we're trying to do is help them join the dots, help them to realise the potential of some of these ideas that may not make it through. Well, on that, let's go there. I mean, you know, it's certainly with your network and your screens, what could be done here in Australia that's not at the moment? So you've got capability. You talked about some big, epic executions offshore internationally. Can they be done here? And what can be done here that's not at the moment? Yeah, so the areas, I guess, that we've talked about just before, we were talking about Nike mm. with um, the 3D anamorphic billboard. And we can do that here. There's only two assets in Australia uh, in an outdoor environment that have the capability to do that. And O, fortunately, has both of those. They're both in Melbourne. And we just did a campaign for CGU for their Tall Poppy campaign that used the Burke right. Street Mall for the first time, which is the Burke Street, um, the Burke it's called, is a six-storey high um, digital billboard in Burke Street Mall, which is a pedestrianised area of Melbourne, really, really high foot traffic. And we use that site to sort of do a media first there for CGU. And that's, I think that's a really interesting space. I think there's a lot of interest in that from clients who've seen some of the great work that's happening around the world and and they're wanting to explore that in Australia. And that's something we're really, really excited about is is having the assets to be able to do that. That's unique to us. And then also having, you know, being able to develop the expertise and the creative capabilities to be able to unlock some of those opportunities. I think that is huge. I think there's, um, so those specific 
kind of applications are really interesting. I think there's a lot of really interesting space around the use of real-time data. And for example, when you're leaving a AFL game, we can flash up the live scores. We can show the highlights real in location and proximity to the station. You know, we can be broadcasting live sports scores, breaking news, headlines, by location, hyper-localized. They're all the things that are just over the horizon that we are finding really, really exciting. And it's about, I think it's about getting all of the stakeholder groups. So, you know, advertisers, commercial partners who who we work with very closely, and also the people that are passing by the signs every day to reimagine what out of home is and what it could be. And I think mm-hmm. that changing that model from being, you know, just a classic advertising medium that you might glance at or towards being more of a more of an engaged medium where you might start getting used to receiving your news headlines from there on the way home from work or getting a, a live update about, you know, a weather situation or being able mm-hmm. to see the live scores from a sport event or see a really engaging piece of live content from something that's happening nearby. All of these things are possible. And I think we're just at the start of bringing a lot of that to life at scale. So that's, to me, right. I think that's the really exciting thing about where Alf Home is at, is that it's, we can all see the potential. And now I think we've got the scale and the, the cut through of digital is big enough that we can start to really unlock that potential. I mean, you've teased through most of the conversation about this thing called Poly. What is it? So Poly is essentially the creative and content hub for Omedia. So we, we wanted to have a brand that represented creativity in our home. And it's really about inspiring creative partners and brands and agencies to push the boundaries of creative in our home. So we've assembled a team of really great thinkers from the teams of people that really understand how the social content world works through to people that have got really deep knowledge in our home. And we brought that team together under the poly banner. And, you know, I think we can see that we're talking a lot about attention. There's lots of talk around attention in the market. And we think the attention economy is real. And we think that out of home plays a really unique role in that. And so we're trying to sort of show through action how you can capture attention when people are on the move. And we think that there is, we're at the start of essentially a creative revolution around digital out of home. And the canvas has just broadened completely. And we think that that's a huge creative opportunity. So this team is really unapologetically excited by this opportunity and we're going to go out there and and try and push the boundaries of what can be done and and try and really drive the medium forward. You know, a big piece of this for me is about how do we get out of home as a category to grow? And I think we do that by, you know, a lot of the work, the great work has been done around data and attribution and measurement and at an industry level through things like the OMA, but you also need to spark those moments of inspiration and creativity. And as you said right at the start of the podcast, you know, we've got data that shows that 41% of the effectiveness of our home is down to the creative. So if you're running this business, you, you look at that and you say, well, that's massive. And um, we've got a duty, a responsibility to really mm. drive that forward. And that's what Polly is all about. So Polly is made up of what? So it's a team of what? Do What do they do? And obviously, you know, you've said this is not a competitive play against creative agencies or agencies full stop. It's more a, a strategic and creative resource to show what can be done, how it can be done. Is that sort of in a nutshell? 
Yeah, I mean, it's a team that's um, that's got elements of of any creative team. So we've got creative directors, we've got copywriters, designers, art directors. We've got specialist skills in in sort of um, digital production. We've got you know, teams that can build special builds of you know out of home, real world, probably more in line with sort of experiential side of things. Right. Yeah, so it's the full suite of skills required to really bring that proposition to life. And okay. I think, yeah, I think that we're thinking ideas first, but we're, we've really got special skills in how to bring those ideas to life through the medium of our home. But we can also work collaboratively with other agencies on their ideas and how they bring them to life across multiple channels. But our sweet spot is how do you capture attention on the move? How do you use all of these tools, all of these these emerging opportunities that our home presents to really make the the creative land in that medium. I'd be very surprised as a career publisher that you wouldn't have some thinking in around content. And I think you sort of mentioned that there is a content play inside Polly. What does that look like for out of home? What do you do there? What do brands do? So uh, yeah, O's purpose is, is about making public spaces better. And content plays a really key role in delivering against that. And the simple premise of what we're trying to do with content in our home is changing the mix. So going from what was purely 100% advertising medium to actually putting some content up on the screen and and asking audiences to engage with the screens and, and sort of lean into the screens a bit more. And so that hasn't gone away. You talked about this at least, I'd say, 12, 18 months ago. Yeah. That's not gone anywhere. That's still public space and contribution is still there. It's still there. It's still a focus for us. It's still, you know, in... In a lot of our environments, it's absolutely critical. So, you know, if you if you look at our office towers network across Australia, where we've got you know people in a in an elevator going to the top of a of their office tower in in a CBD, we've got a captive audience in there for 25, 30 seconds, and we're running a mix of content and advertising to right. draw them into the screen, much in the same way as every other media uses content to draw people in to see the ad. Uh, if you look at some of our environments like, you know, Qantas lounges and airports where there's longer dwell times, you know, content plays an absolutely critical role in the product offering. Right. And so what we're trying to do is evolve that. We we talk a lot about this concept, you know, with my publishing hat on of, of developing like the Apple news about home. And we right. see ourselves as a as more of a content platform rather than a publisher ourselves. So what we're what we're looking to do is we've been working on the technology to be able to use a lot of those content principles and, you know, the CMS systems that would have traditionally worked in in digital and bring that across to our home mm. so that we can publish high volume of content by location, by environment, and ingest that from multiple different publishers. So we've already got publishing deals in place with the likes of the ABC and Red Bull and, and others where we can take mm. their content and then distribute it at scale across our network. And we think that's a... So again, it's still in the early stages. I think there's this huge potential around that for growth and it's an area that we're, we're really, really excited about. Mm, it's really interesting. It's a really good conversation and I sort of, you know, as I said at the start, MI3's as guilty as, as anyone of not focusing enough on creative, so it's a good conversation to have and I look forward to seeing some good work that um, will make me on that loop like Nike did where the, the boot comes out and you just keep, how do they do that? How the hell did they do that? That's impressive and you keep going back. So... Um, let's see some in, in Australia too. Good to talk, Neil Ackland, um, and let's see what happens in the coming six, 12 months and some of the creative work from Polly and, and the team. 
Thanks, Paul. Always good to chat, mate. Always enjoy it and uh, appreciate you taking the time. This MI3 audio edition was presented by Paul McIntyre. That's more. Producer Nick Slater. Music by Matt Dwyer. For more episodes, go to listener.com or download the Listener app and search MI3 Audio Edition to listen for free. Listener.